Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. The ancient Romans called it Mare Nostrum, or RC, but since their empire fell, the Mediterranean has been either in contention between maritime powers or peaceful. As of late, its waters are not still. A storm is brewing out of its northeastern corner, threatening to escalate from crisis to hostilities. Turkey, which under President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has adopted a distinct nationalistic and Islamist line, is at odds not only with Greece, Cyprus, Egypt and Israel, but has now taken on France with a personal focus on President Emmanuel Macron. To analyze the latest developments in the eastern Mediterranean, we're joined from central Israel by Dr. Eran Lerman, who is the Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security and a lecturer at Shalem College in Jerusalem. Welcome. Thank you. Also joining us from central Israel is Dr. Joshua Krasna, who is a fellow at the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security and a lecturer on Mideast Security at NYU, uh, NYU in New York. Welcome. Nice to be here. And also joining us here in the studio is our TV7 analyst, Mr. Amir Oren. Give us a broader um, explanation on the latest developments pertaining to this topic. So it's quite a strange uh, phenomenon because um, you have, on the one hand, uh, a set of uh, ever more peaceful countries trying uh, to join, to form alliances, uh, both uh, economic uh, resource uh, sharing and exploitation as well as political. Uh, for instance, the uh, Israeli Minister of uh, Regional Cooperation, um, a ministry which didn't have a lot to do um, uh, over the uh, last several years, uh, originally set up by Shimon Peres, now um, all of a sudden uh, has a lot to do. And this minister uh, went to Athens uh, on Monday and uh, signed uh, an agreement with his uh, Greek counterpart uh, to set up an economic uh, conference um, next March. Um, and um, the partners, those taking uh, part in the conference, will be Greece, Cyprus, Israel, and the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain because of uh, the uh, newly established relations and the uh, uh, cooperation and development, uh, uh, which are, of course, uh, part of the potential. So this is one part. The other part is Turkey, which is uh, always uh, uh, picking a fight uh, with someone. Uh, it uh, was not content with its own role um, in its own uh, quite large corner of uh, both Europe and Asia. Um, it has ventured out to Libya. And now uh, President Erdogan uh, has uh, picked on Macron, um, hurling personal insults uh, at him and uh, fomenting uh, quite a crisis in Franco-Turk uh, relations. So uh, it, right now it's Turkey against the world, Turkey against its NATO uh, co-partner, uh, Greece and um, Turkey against the EU, in which uh, both Cyprus and Greece, of course, France too, are members, 
And uh, one wonders, what does Erdogan have in mind? Uh, is it all because of the domestic problems, especially the economic ones? Or does he, does he have any ulterior motive in addition? Indeed, uh, a note about what you said initially about the... Uh, agreement between Greece and, and uh, uh, Israeli Minister for Regional uh, uh, Development, uh, uh, Minister Ophira Kunis, uh, the first meeting is going to be held here in Jerusalem, which uh, has a signal also to others in the region, including Turkey, which has uh, uh, declared, of course, President Erdogan declared this, after transforming uh, Hagia Sophia into a mosque once more, that Jerusalem is next in line and that it is an Ottoman city. Let me just add, yes, it will rotate. The first meeting will be uh, in Jerusalem. But another and um, more important visitor to Athens was Sergei Lavrov. Indeed. And uh, when he uh, came to cement the Russian-Greek relationship, he too mentioned the Hagia Sophia and what the Orthodox Church sees as quite an offense by Erdogan in, um, in trying changing the status quo. In times of uh, blatantly uh, rebuking the Europeans for their actions against Islamist terrorism, he of course uh, 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 acts uh, against Christianity in, in Turkey proper. But uh, let's come down to uh, practical um, means. Uh, Dr. Lerman, I'd like to refer the next question to you specifically about the American uh, Chinese slash uh, European and Russian uh, involvement in the Eastern Mediterranean. It's slowly, slowly, of course, the Chinese are less invested uh, in uh, this uh, dispute, uh, while at the same time investing heavily in infrastructure surrounding the disputed territory. Uh, how, how do you see this regional dispute uh, or tensions actually impact the, the superpower uh, rivalries, which are projected now more in East Asia and, and uh, the area of, of uh, that uh, sector of operations, but still is starting to uh, take hold also in areas adjacent to Israel. Well, uh, right now the connection is still tenuous for a simple reason. The Chinese may have uh, money to spend on projects related to the BRI, the Belt and Road Initiative, that uh, uh, one arm of which, the uh, Maritime Silk Road, would actually reach through the Suez Canal to the eastern Mediterranean and up the Adriatic coast to uh, destinations in Europe via, for example, uh, the port of Trieste, in which they've invested uh, the port of Piraeus in Greece, uh, which is uh, um, very much by now a Chinese uh, a project, and, uh, and projects in Israel as well. But uh, they have no capacity to uh, support this with a strategic presence, with a military presence. Uh, they have not, do not have a system of... Um, alliances that would match the relationships that Israel on one hand, uh, Greece on the other have, for example, with the United States. Um, so uh, we are not yet in the realm of Amer an American-Chinese clash, although the Americans are a bit edgy to uh, seeing the uh, uh, 
inroads that the Chinese are making. The more dramatic story here is the triangle of Russia, NATO, and, uh, and uh, obviously Turkey. Because Turkey, while being a member of NATO, is now in full um, tilt uh, operating against the interests and the, even the, perhaps even the uh, territorial integrity of a mem one member of NATO, namely Greece, and in full attack, as you've already mentioned, on the uh, political legitimacy of a key member of NATO, namely France. And, uh, and this is increasingly uh, problematic. Uh, the Russians are using this, clearly, uh, to uh, establish their own presence, because in several areas, both in Libya and in Syria, and possibly in Lebanon, where also a Russian delegation has recently arrived, they are working to undermine um, Turkish the Turkish position and Turkish ambitions. So in this respect, Israel, Egypt, uh, Greece, uh, the UAE uh, um, alliance or alignment uh, is singing from the same sheet of music uh, with the Russians. And the fact that Lavrov came to Athens uh, coincided with the trilateral consultations at the foreign ministerial level uh, held in Athens between Gabi Ashkenazi uh, and his Greek and Cypriot counterparts. Uh, this was preceded on the 21st of October by the summit of Sisi, Anastasiades and Mitsotakis. So the, the region is in, uh, in turmoil, so to speak, in uh, intensive diplomatic activity aimed at containing the Turkish threat and bringing uh, Erdogan's ambitions back to mm -hmm. size. And on this particular question, we actually have a commonality with Russia, as long as the United States almost inexplicably stays um, sort of neutral in the midst of all of this. Uh, the president has not spoken to this issue. Pompeo has lent some support to the Greek position. But in the midst of the uh, election uh, fever in the United States, this is marginal in terms of American attentions. Indeed. Uh, Dr. Krasna, I'd like to ask you specifically, in 1923, there have uh, been basically the, 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 the new borders of, of Turkey uh, after the Ottoman Empire fell uh, have been formed, uh, the, the borders which we know today, which of course as the loser in uh, uh, the aftermath of, of uh, World War I, uh, it was uh, forced to contend with borders that have been imposed on it and favored its neighbors, uh, which also includes, of course, uh, in maritime borders and, and such uh, uh, with regard to Greece. Now, it seems that uh, almost 100 years later, Turkey is trying to renegotiate, if you will, its borders vis-a-vis uh, -vis Greece uh, and uh, other neighbors in the region is trying to uh, flex its muscles, so to speak, uh, in uh, uh, order to enter the negotiating table uh, in a better position uh, in front of its counterparts. Uh, do you think that uh, this is a... Uh, good understanding of what is happening right now, or are we seeing uh, 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 
small glimpse of uh, the uh, many or much broader intentions that uh, Ankara may have for the region uh, uh, in its uh, interests and uh, national uh, security perceptions? So the answer is yes. And now, uh, and now I'll, I'll say what I'm saying yes to. I think there are two separate issues here. Um, one is I don't think that that Turkey is now um, rediscovering its border issues. I think these these border issues have been existing for a long time and have come back occasionally. Certainly, come back regarding Cyprus. There's sort of a rhythmic quality to their return. Um, what I think is that in recent years, um, perhaps these border issues, apart from one specific in Syria, which perhaps I'll address in a minute, have been um, fairly um, uh, quiescent. And I think that in the past two ye uh, 10 years, since the discovering of gas uh, in the Eastern Mediterranean, and especially since um, the uh, uh, Cyprus has began um, uh, exploring and discovering gas, I think that these issues have come back to the fore. In other words, they always had. These issues have always existed between them and Greece. Uh, these issues have certainly existed between them and Cyprus and have actually caused the war between them and Cyprus. But I think that the, um, the uh, issue of gas, by the way, especially the issue that the Turks until now have not found gas in their piece of the Mediterranean, I think have sort of pushed these issues um, um, to the fore. Now, this is accompanied by a more general, let's say, um, adventurist and activist uh, foreign and national security policy uh, by Turkey um, in the past few years. And as I say, you see it in uh, Syria. Um, you see it, um, as we said, in the Eastern Mediterranean. And you see even Turkey uh, trying to achieve out-of-area influence, right, in areas that are quite far. They are part of the, or perhaps of the Ottoman Emperor, but quite far. Uh, places like Turkey, places like um, um, uh, the Horn of Africa. So I think that there's, a, there's a, as I said, a combination here of, as you say, the historical issues, which have now become more relevant because of the uh, crisis with Cyprus and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Cyprus, as well as a more general adventurist policy, which um, um, Erdogan has been pursuing, certainly since he, uh, he caused uh, the political reform that has given him more concentrated presidential power, and especially uh, since 2016, when uh, he survived what he views and apparently truly views as a Western attempt to bring him down. So he's mm. become more aggressive towards the rest. He's become more aggressive regionally in general. Um, and he has become specifically on uh, the gap and Eastern Mediterranean issues uh, more active because he thinks that maybe uh, Turkish uh, national interests are threatened here. Indeed. Uh, Mr. Oren, Give us a little bit of, of uh, a deeper understanding. To what degree is Israel involved in this whole story? And uh, is Turkey right now uh, in a, a position of strength or in a position of weakness, considering uh, everything that it's currently on, in play? Well, both uh, Dr. Lerman and Dr. Krasna have been in government um, in the 1990s, uh, when uh, after the end of the Cold War, after the first Iraq War, after Oslo, Turkey became one of Israel's best uh, strategic partners. Uh, 
along with Jordan. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, in late 2002 or early 2003, uh, this was reversed by the rise of the AK party and by the person of Erdogan. And if one looks around uh, the uh, uh, global map, what you see now is that there are only three veteran world leaders. Putin is the most senior one. He has been in power for 20 years. Merkel is also a veteran. And in between them, you have Erdogan. And obviously, uh, with his uh, uh, personal inclinations and the fact that he has transformed the Turkish political system and combined, or at least uh, took over the position of president and made it from a symbolic one to a powerful one, he has his ambitions uh, region-wide uh, and perhaps even worldwide. But he doesn't have allies. Who is going um, with Erdogan to, to these fights? Qatar, Hamas, who else? For Israel, Israel has made the shift after the first shock of seeing Turkey um, uh, stopping being a friend, then becoming a sort of neutral, and then very uh, quickly becoming uh, an adversary. Israel has managed to find in Greece and in Cyprus a very good substitute for Turkey. Israeli, uh, the Israeli Air Force and the Israeli commanders have trained in both Greece and in uh, Cyprus. The Israeli Air Force has trained against the S-400 system uh, flying in, in Greece. So Israel doesn't need Turkey anymore. And if Turkey, um, uh, under some new management, were to ask for Israel's favors again, uh, surely it can be arranged. Dr. Lerman, your perception on this? Um, look, we have to go back to the years uh, of um, the Ataturk or Kemalist uh, perception in Turkey. That the borders of 1923 were finite. And this is what Ataturk commanded his officers uh, to obey and observe. Um, uh, uh, of course, uh, Amir is right. We were part of government and visiting uh, military headquarters in Ankara. These things were set in stone. And now we have a, a, a government and a leadership that has dropped the last pretense and is openly espousing the symbolism and the messages of Ottomanism and therefore uh, signals that uh, Turkey may have openly expansionist uh, intentions in the Aegean, toward Cyprus, uh, in the act of uh, opening Varosha to, to visitors, but basically signaling that it does not obey by the existing uh, dispensation in Cyprus, uh, essentially occupying and resettling parts of Syria. Uh, and of course, to the list of allies that you mentioned, we should add Fire Sarraj in Western Libya. However, on the other side of the ledger, the indications are that Erdogan is not uh, of unlimited powers. This is not uh, a regional superman. In Libya, true, he managed to save the Siraj government from destruction by intervening. 
But once the Egyptians drew a line in the sand, uh, saying if you advance east from the line of uh, Seat and Jaffa, uh, we will actually intervene militarily. And, uh, you know, in the old Texas poker game, they used to say that a loaded gun beats four aces. And in the Libyan game, 12 Egyptian armored division or modern Egyptian mechanized divisions are more than what the Turks can handle. Um, the uh, situation um, in regard to Lebanon, um, it is a country where Erdogan would like to, uh, grip, to get a grip, uh, particularly in the Sunni north. But Lebanon is now veering towards a discussion with Israel on EEC delimitation, which would bring it in line with the Cypriot and Egyptian uh, delimitation. Israel and Egypt, it's not just Greek, Greece and Cyprus, e Israel and Egypt have never been closer. Egypt has endorsed the Abraham agreements. It endorsed the Israeli-Sudanese breakthrough. So all of this tells us that the alignment of forces, of like-minded forces, can serve as a check on Erdogan's ambitions. Ironically, I can say that perhaps the shift of attentions to Nagorno-Karabakh is a way for Erdogan to cover, uh, to, to create a smoke screen to cover his retreat from some of his uh, more ambitious uh, projects. And we know, for example, that some of the um, Syrian militias that he deployed to Libya have been uh, uh, called back and sent uh, to the uh, to the Azeri front, so um, the, uh, I think we can prove uh, empirically that uh, there are limits on Turkish power. There may be limits, indeed. Uh, however, uh, Doctor Kresna, when we're talking about uh, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, uh, he's very vocal about whatever comes to mind. Uh, of course, it's. Uh, a phenomenon among many leaders these days, but uh, when we're talking about him specifically, he threatened the United States not uh, to threaten Turkey when it comes to sanctions uh, with regard to Azerbaijan uh, and support uh, to that country, uh, even though both countries do uh, make weapon sales to that country specifically. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, also the, the matter of testing the S-400, uh, the sophisticated Russian surface-to-air missiles, uh, were uh, frowned upon by the United States, threatening, again, with uh, possible sanctions on Turkey, again, telling the United States, pretty much, bring it. Uh, do you see the Turks, uh, to a certain degree, under the AK party, uh, overextending themselves uh, with regard to trying to basically uh, compete as a superpower, uh, or are they trying to play a game in, in basically uh, uh, negotiations by rhetoric, if you will? So um, I don't think that they see themselves as a superpower. I think they see themselves as a regional power, and I think they see themselves as a kind of bridging power between several different um, uh, regional subsystems that they are operating in. Um, if we remember about a year ago, the Americans did impose sanctions on Turkey and they hurt Turkey very badly. Uh, the Turkish carry, the, Tur the Turkish lira dropped. Um, it had to do with the uh, arrest of an American pastor and the lack, uh, who they didn't release. And then in the end they did release and, um, and their issues um, were solved. So um, the United States does have leverage. The United States does know how to punish 
um, uh, Turkey. I think that right now, and I think Iran had alluded to this before, there's a kind of, um, of a little bit of a surprising American um, inaction uh, having to do with, uh, with Turkey. And, um, and I think that it may be now that Erdogan feels that he um, can go because the Americans are so involved in their uh, elections and because the Trump administration, I think, has made it pretty clear since that time they imposed sanctions that they don't want to be too involved in countering uh, uh, Turkey. I think he sees a kind of window of opportunity here where he can do things where he knows that the Americans aren't going to push back too hard. Um, the Americans did punish him uh, on the F-35 issue. Um, and uh, so and uh, there are some um, uh, indications the Americans may want to move their base uh, in Interlick somewhere else. So I think it's really more of a point that um, that Erdogan is now pushing the boundaries of what he thinks he can do. I think he thinks that the uh, the Americans and uh, are uh, uh, involved in their elections and the rest of the world is very involved with COVID. And no one is really looking, except perhaps the French. Uh, no one is really looking uh, uh, to face down with him strongly. Indeed. Well, uh, the French let, let are, bring, are let looking. Let me bring a far-fetched scenario. Uh, we have uh, seen the uh, small uh, Syria group, uh, the U.S., the U.K., Germany, Saudi Arabia, um, Egypt, uh, call for the return of full sovereignty to Syria and uh, the um, expulsion of all foreign forces, especially those who came in after 2011. Let's assume that the negotiations between Syria and Israel over the Golan Heights resume. And then the question of Hatay, of Alexandretta, captured by the Turks from Syria, is also brought up. If that happens, and admittedly this is far-fetched, then Turkey will be rolled back and not only blocked. Just food for thought. Well, uh, we are drawing near to the end of the program, so I'd like to ask you specifically, Amir, uh, are we heading towards a, a conflict resolution or an escalation? Well, rationally, one would uh, say that uh, people will pull back from the brink. But because we are dealing with Erdogan, he alone knows the answer. Well, we're living in interesting times, and of course, I can only encourage our viewers to go and look at the map and... and try and figure out where everything is located and understand uh, where each country is playing and in what arena they're acting. I'd like to thank Dr. Lehrmann, Dr. Krasna, and Mr. Oren for joining today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.